You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more. And listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all ready? Uh, let's go. Welcome. This is Michael Call This World. Started on Venice Beach, now he reaching the world. He'll make you laugh till your stomach hurts. Super fly, nice guy. And pray if you need the word. Probably dressed to the night. Come on, get ready for the star search winner. An OG three times. This ain't no beginner. Whether you in your house, you on your breaker, out to dinner, on your job, in your car, turn it up and get some Michael Call, yeah. Michael talks to everybody. Michael Call, yeah. Michael talks to everybody. That's right. I talk to everybody, man. We've talked to comedians and professors. I'm really still trying to get over the black. Um, the I keep calling her a, a rock. Oh, she's a rocket scientist. I keep trying to call her an astronaut. But the sister said, I'm a rocket scientist. I'm, some of the people we have on it is phenomenal, but none more phenomenal than my friend who's coming on right now, who was also best man at my wedding. I was at his wedding. I wasn't best man. I was pretty damn good. Anyway, we got Alex Haley's. We got Roots. We go way back like 
lawn chairs. First guy I became friends with when I got here and I got in the very first movie ever, Hollywood Shuffle. Uh, I know his mother. I adore his mom who's recently transcended, but she knew my mama. And they're my family. But deeper than that, this guy, not just a a theater historian, he's a a theater practitioner. His brother's an actor, producer, director. He knows this game inside out. Please just say hello to the wonderful, the awesome Ren T. Brown. Ooh, boy, you hear Michael talk to everybody. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Listen, Michael, I'm fighting lines with a switch, but I'm winning. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I absolutely you adore you. I'm so honored to be with you today. This Thank is a you, love King. fest. We met in 1986. <laughs> and the joy I have to be with you today, I cannot tell you. It's unspeakable. Thank you oh. again for having me on. You flatter me. You're such a great artist and such a great person, though. You know, the whole time we here, it's not just you, it's just your whole family, uh, accepts the theater community, the film community, embraces us like y'all was our mom and daddy and first cousin and uncle and all them, you know. And I cannot tell you how many Hollywood hearts was broken when your mother transcended, brother. So I want to say I'm honored to have you here today and have you on my podcast on iHeart. You knew me when I couldn't rub two nickels together. Now I got my own podcast you on it. Woo, woo, woo. Yes. Well, well, Michael, thank you for celebrating Mama in such a wonderful way. Uh, She felt that you were one of her bonus sons. One of the things that I have known from childhood is that my mother just didn't belong to me and my five siblings, Uh, that she belonged to the larger Black community. And you were among uh, that community of personalities that she absolutely adored. You brought her as she was traversing her illness. You brought her the most beautiful flowers and she kept them poised right near her and raised your name all the time until she went to her eternal rest. So again, on that score, I thank you for that celebration. I thank you so much, King. This guy has been over uh, over 100 commercials. Okay, I ain't never had one commercial. He's been over 100 commercials. More theater pieces than, I mean, I can't even name film appearances, Beyond the Light, Waiting to Exhale, Heart and Soul, Under Siege, Two Dark Territory, The Dinner, Hollywood Shuffle, which we were in together, Biker Boys, The Importance of Being Earnest, which we were watching last night, actually, uh, uh, Midnight Clear, I can't even name so much stuff, Kirby Enthusiasm, Star Trek, you name it. This brother, great actor, uh, orator, his voiceovers are out of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, Ren T. Brown, and he now is also, what would you call the title at the Ebony Theater, the Ebony Showcase Theater? You are the executive producer? Producing. I'm the producing artistic director of the Ebony Repertory Theater, and we are the resident company and operator of the Nate Holden Performing Arts Center on Washington Boulevard between Crenshaw and La Brea. Now, did that structure start out by being owned, the original structure, by the guy from uh, Amos and Andy? Is this the one that liked Mr. Nick Stewart and his wife, Mrs. Edna Stewart. Stewart. In 1950, they founded the Ebony Showcase Theater. Uh, Mm. In 1966, they went to that property there at 4718 West Washington Boulevard. Mm. In 1970, as a six-year-old, I was walking with my two older brothers and my older sister, And I pointed up and I said to my sister, my only sister, what is that? And she said, that's a marquee. And it said Ebony Showcase Theater. And so in 2007, when I began the process of founding what would become the Ebony Repertory Theater, I went back and remembered the first marquee that I had ever seen. And so I named the company the Ebony Repertory Theater in honor of the first marquee I had ever seen in my life. 
Wow, wow. And it's the only, I think, repertory theater that's Black in Los Angeles, isn't it? It is the first and only African-American professional theater in the history of Los Angeles. Woo! And everybody, all the Black stars go through there and do theater and do plays. It's, it's so remarkable. And you currently are directing, and I don't know if you're acting in it too, but you're directing what what, pro- what program comes out I this week? I am directing the Fats Waller Musical Review Ain't misbehaving. Ain't misbehaving. Oh, my God. That's got to be great. Who's your stars? We have a wonderful, wonderful cast. Yvette Quezon is mm. in the company. Natalie Wachin, Marty Lamar, Wilkie Ferguson III, and Connie Jackson. William Foster McDaniel is our musical director, and mm. he first played the show professionally in 1979. Wow. So we have the rich, rich history of William Foster McDaniel. We have uh, that magnificent band of musicians. We have Fernando Pullum on trumpet, Keith Fitman on saxophones, Dwayne Augustine on bass, and Lan Richards on drums. So we have an extraordinary company of players uh, bringing you Ain't Misbehaving Thursdays through Sundays through May 28th. And so we're so excited about our production as we begin to launch our presence this weekend. That's going to be so good. That's going to be so good, brother. Uh, and you're not acting in it, though? No, I'm the director. And that was enough oh. for this particular, you know, this particular production. And I want to get over there and see it so bad, but I have to be out of town coming up this weekend. So I am with you in spirit. How long will it run? We're going to run through May 28th. But, Michael, I'm going to find a way for you to get in there when you're back home. I'm going to find a way to make sure that you get a chance to see this production. Yay. So now you, you, your whole family are entertainers. I mean, you come from a family of entertainers. Your your dad was someone being like vaudeville or what? Well, dad well my father was a jazz musician. Uh, he was okay. a jazz, he was a trumpeter and he was a mm-hmm. child actor. He was born in Harlem and both his mother and father were performers uh, during the Harlem Renaissance. And wow. so my, my father's mother was a cotton club dancer and my father's father, Troy Brown Sr., was the fifth black actor in Screen Actors Guild. Uh, He had been born in Memphis, Tennessee in 1900, and he worked throughout vaudeville. Uh, My mother's mother was a cotton club dancer here in Los Angeles. The cotton club was in Culver City on Washington Boulevard. But she was Mm. one of the stalwarts uh, as a torch singer and dancer on Central Avenue, which we called, you know, the Black Broadway of that period. And my, my mother's father was the first black staff musician in the history of Hollywood on staff at Columbia Pictures in 1946. And Mm. he was the drummer and musical director for Nat King Cole for 25 years. And so the family has a rich and long history uh, as it relates to the performing arts and the show business. And, Michael, I like to say all the time that when I entered show business, I was entering the family business. Right. Because the whole it's in your blood. It is in my blood. This is in your blood. So have you played the role you want to play yet? No, no, I haven't played the role that I want to play yet. You, Michael, it's. It's yet to come, you know, and Mm. I think that it may be in direct association with telling the familial history in this industry, in these arts, throughout the history. Both of my grandfathers worked in blackface. They Mm. called it cork. So they all worked on the vaudeville circuit. So there's something about that history. There's something about these wardrobe trunks that I have preserved of my grandfathers. There's something about opening that trunk trunk and discovering the legacy, discovering the history. My great grandfather, Willis Handy Young, he formed the New Orleans Strutters in about 1914. So there is such, there's almost 110, 115 year history of the family being ensconced in show business. You know, I've always been blown away by how much you love and embrace your family. 
It's always been a family union. This is a family affair with you from the very beginning, you know? So I always am talking about everything is about family and God. Once you get family and God down, everything else takes care of itself. You guys have moved together as a family in this industry. And it has to be so exciting. Your wife, the fabulous Ann Haley Baxter Brown. I so many names. How many names you got? Like seven names? Ann Any number. It's Haley far too Baxter many. Brown. She is quite lovely. I haven't seen her. Please hug her for me. She's a great attorney. Is That's hers right. entertainment law? Yes, yeah, she began her career as an entertainment lawyer. Oh and and Anne is, again, she is born uh, of a family that has great celebration in this country and the world for that matter. Her uncle, her father's brother, was Alex Haley, the writer of Roots, the writer of the autobiography of Malcolm X, the yes. man who created the Playboy interview, and, and, mm. and so much within his rich, rich story career. Uh, and, and so that, that history, Anne was a dancer at the Washington Ballet before she entered college and then, of course, when she went to law school. So there's a rich artistic legacy uh, on her side as well. Wow. You know... I've always wanted to be an actor and now I'm finally getting a chance to do it. I mean, I don't have the huge parts I want. They coming. But I've always wanted to be an actor, but I never really, really had a big enough imagination to imagine it would actually happen. You know, I remember being in high school and talking to my friends, Daryl and Vance, and we said, we're going to Hollywood. We go, But I didn't think it would happen, happen. And now here I am sitting smack dab in the middle of it. I'm doing everything I've ever wanted to do. I'm doing films. I'm doing books. I'm doing TV. I'm doing all of it. I still haven't reached the pinnacle yet, but I keep striving because I think there's something super great just waiting for me as I work my way towards it. I don't see they're waiting for it to come to me, but as I work my way towards it, is there that super thing that you are working towards? Michael, I have to take a point of personal privilege to talk about you for a moment oh. because you, you are a wonderful, wonderful actor. You embody oh. the best elements of what it means to be an actor. You listen so well and you respond so honestly. That's wow. what at the core essential element of good acting, you represent that because you listen majestically and you respond so honestly and so authentically. That's what makes your work arresting and electric for me, that I wow. never, ever catch you being phony. I never catch you being inauthentic. I always find you to be an electric, authentic honest, vulnerable person and vulnerable from the perspective of access, not weakness. So I celebrate you as an actor, mm. as I have always done. I think that is the absolute best representation of your art because you place your humanity squarely in the midst of your artistry. Y'all better have tape this shit. I know that. If, if, if anything else break, y'all better get this piece of tape. Y'all better get that clear right there. Brother, that's beyond honorable. Thank you so much to bless that on me, man. But you, you're the great artist. You're the great performer. And you, I know that you have to be able to name the piece. Can you name the piece you want to do? Or it hasn't even been, it hasn't even been created yet. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of as a part of this career that I've been able to put together, mm -hmm. I did a performance in a film directed, a short film directed by the August Blair Underwood, and the film is called The Second Coming. And I was able to perform in a, in a way and in a manner with the material that I was given that from that day to this has made me so exceedingly proud. I think it challenged my imagination. I think it challenged my instrument. I think it challenged my creativity and my talent and all the ways that it could present itself. And I was also directed by someone who was aware of my instrument, who wanted me to do the work and gave me the latitude 
to be the best that I absolutely could be. So I'm exceedingly proud. If I were to point up one uh, piece of work that I've done, and, and I've been fortunate to do a lot, but the second coming stands as a high watermark uh, for me at this juncture of my career. Oh, well, you know, it's so coincidental. I just talked to Blair yesterday, to Blair Underwood. We were, me and my fabulous fiance, uh, Sonia, was driving down um, Vine the other day, and there's posters up that a soldier's play is back. Right. That's you exactly know? right. So a soldier's play is going to be for me. Well, I just went and saw Blair like two years ago on Broadway, and it was David Allen Greer and, and Audrey McDonald. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. So I saw it. When I was driving down the street and I said, I got to call Blair and see if he's here in the new show. He's not in the new production, you know, but it's just a, a miracle to me. It just blows me away that I just talked to Blair yesterday. And one of your greatest pieces is The Second Coming. Did Blair Underwood, he directed it? He directed it and wrote it with his brother, Frank. Yes. Um, oh, my God. But speaking of Soldier's Play, you should make a trip to see it because to see Norm Lewis, who's doing the part that Blair did, to see Norm Lewis do the work that he is able to do, uh, you should absolutely go downtown and see the work. And the wonderful Eugene Lee, uh, a dear friend and a magnificent artist, both actor and writer, is playing the role of Sergeant Waters, uh, indelibly mm. done by the late, great Adolf Caesar. Caesar. So the first person you see it, the first actor you just see it. Norm Lewis. You're talking about an actor, though. You're not talking about the Norm who owns the limousine service, Norm Lewis, here no, in LA. No, no. no oh, I'm okay. talking about the actor who in the production of Porgy and Bess with Audrey McDonald, he played Porgy. Uh, he has been in Les Miserables. And he is, he, he is just a magnificent artist. And uh, he's from the same hometown, hometown as Zora Neale Hurston uh, down, down there in Florida. So he's an extraordinary artist and a dear friend. And you should see his work if you're not aware of it. You're extraordinary. Look, we're going to take a break. You're going to take a pause for the call, sell some soap or something. And we'll be right back in a pair of seconds. We are with Ren T. Brown, artistic director of the Ebony Repertory Theater, and a one fine actor, artist, voiceover speaker, and a damn fine man. We'll be back in a pair of seconds. We'll be right back. Michael, talk to everybody. Ask your mama. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman, some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. 
even better. I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupri, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Like Pastor Troy doing the ad-libs for one of Justin Timberlake's biggest hits. Whenever you listen to Cry Me a River, man, I'm all through them ad-libs on that song. It's that one Cry me a river. Ah, Y'all hear this? To it, man. And what if I told you Jazzy Faye and CeeLo have an unreleased album just sitting in the vault waiting? Now you and CeeLo had a group for a minute, man. Yeah, we had a whole album in the can. We got a we have a whole album. Now I have partnered with iHeart Podcast to bring you one of the hottest podcasts in the game, telling you some of the most unheard stories in the music industry. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Dear Chelsea, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Lip Service. It's a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more and listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're black. Hey, y'all, it's Michael Talks to Everybody. I'm here with one of my best friends and one fine artist, Ren T. Brown. And, you know, Ren, the second half, I really want to talk about some of your performances. Well, you know, before I get to your acting performances, I do want to salute once again the the Ebony Repertory Theater. I've come there at least a dozen times and saw productions you put on. And one was like a gothic opera. What was this? And and um, the gospel at Colonus. The gospel at Colonus. Holy Jesus! That's right. You want to talk about a great, 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 great production? And was the blind guy playing the piano? Yes. Of was course. that Ellis Hall? Ellis Hall, Hall of course. Ellis Hall he, was on piano. He played the singing Oedipus. Uh, this is wow. the work of the Greek Sophocles, and it's it's Greek tragedy set in the Pentecostal church. Okay, just stop. Let me just tell you why stuff like this is so important to me. We we live in a society that keeps saying niggas ain't shit. Every place you go, we ain't going to do nothing. We ain't never did nothing. We just going to be lazy. Oh, they still in here. They come. Look out for them black people. So when I get 
in in front of someone like you who can speak the words and and make clear to the universe how amazing we are and the things that we do, it just brings such joy to my heart, brother. I mean, folks probably don't even know that we have put together such a complicated and wonderful play as that, as the Gospel of uh, Colonus and that cast. Wasn't what's the name in an early in an early version of it? Um, the guy driving Miss Daisy, Morgan um, Freeman, of course. Morgan Freeman was in the original he, one, right? He played the messenger in the original production. It started at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. And I had the great good fortune of meeting him at the Doolittle Theater when they came here in 1985. So mm. we produced the 30th anniversary production of the Gospel at Colonus in 2015. I know I came at least twice, maybe three times. It was so good. Oh, thank that you. show was so um, everything about it. And I had never seen a show put together like that. It reminds me in a way a little bit about Lion King. I had never seen anything like Lion King. I've been in a thousand plays. But when they throw them doors open and them animals come marching, I ain't never, it was like a different way of doing theater. That Colonus, the way y'all did it. I've never seen theater done like that before. That was very magical. Oh, Michael, thank you so much. It's um, mm-hmm. one of the great undertakings of my career uh, to be able to pull all of the elements together to produce that work really, really, really sits high on my list of things that I'm very humbled that I was able to be a part of and centrally a part of for that matter. So what, were your, what was your most difficult role? I did an episode of Rock with Charles Dutton oh. and Rocky Carroll okay. and Ella Joyce and that wonderful crew. And I shot the show on September 16th, 1993. I'll never forget it because it was the day before my first child was born. My first child was born Mm. September 17th, 1993. And the episode was called Labor Intensive. And I was Mm. was an expectant father. And we were going to Lamaze class dealing with all the positive and negative possibilities of childbirth. And with such emotionality tied to my wife being on the precipice of delivering our child, listening to and trying to act and speak the words of some of the negative possibilities and the dangers of childbirth just the night before, it almost paralyzed me at a certain point. Wow. And so, I mean, when I think about that kind of uh, real hurdle that was before me, I really, really had to center myself and get to a quality of relaxation that allowed me to do the work under the direction of Stan Lathan in a way that was really, really usable for them because it was so personal, it almost got in my way. Wow. Wow. Is there a part you couldn't do? Like you got the part and then I just, oh, I can't do this. This is too much. No, I missed out on a wonderful opportunity because of a health challenge. I was cast Mm. in a play called Split Second, and I had seen this play with the most brilliant Denzel Washington in the part that I was cast to do. And my eldest daughter, Evan, came home and she gave her old father the chicken pox. And I was (sighs) struck so hard with these chicken pox that you can't imagine. And I had to uh, recuse myself from the production uh, oh, because gosh. I was very, very sick, you know, as an adult with the adult onset of chicken pox. Uh, but at the end of the day, I got well, Evan got well, but I missed the opportunity uh, of playing the lead role in Split Second, a play I really, really love and a play that had impacted my life because of the brilliance of Denzel Washington. So did you beat the child with the chicken pox? Did you beat the child? You, you know one thing? Uh, <laughs> no, let me put it this way. No. <laughs> Here's the big part. And here your book coming here with chicken pox. What the heck? Oh my God. You you are a great father too. A great family man as well. 
Um, why is black theater important or is it? Michael, I feel down to the depth of my soul that each people should tell its own story. Mm. I feel that down in the depth of my soul, I think it's very important from in a vertically integrated fashion to see a company of black actors have a show produced by black people, have a show directed by a black person. I think it's having the choreography done by a black person because I think honoring culture is important to self-esteem. I think honoring culture and having an audience come into a theater chamber and seeing itself as whole goes a long way at healing people, goes a long way as functioning as a balm for people. So black theater, I feel, is vitally important. And I think we often run away from culturally specific things within this society. But embracing and celebrating the self in an enlightened fashion, I think, is vitally, vitally important. So if when we look at a play like this, does it mirror our real life? Is that why we embrace it? Why are we so struck by a particular play? Like, like for instance, August Wilson, he did 10. And each one was like a, a different era in life, but it was deep in the culture of black culture in that particular era. So I, when I'm watching those, I feel like I'm looking at a mirror of my history unfolding. Is that why? Why am I attracted to these shows that's about me? Because it touches you at the molecular level. It touches you in your soul because you have an uncle, you have an aunt, you had a mother, you had a father, you have siblings, you have cousins who have traversed the same stories as many of the characters that August Wilson put together in his 10 play century cycle. So it, it really, it's authentic. It's real. When you saw A Raisin in the Sun, you're from Chicago. Lorraine Hansberry is from Chicago. You know yes. the truth of that reality. You know it. Mm. You've traversed that uh, that topography of that great city. And so it rings true for you. And so I think that's, again, we can go and see Iceman Cometh. We can go see uh, the Heidi Chronicles. And because we're human beings, we can be touched by those things as well. But when it gets into the molecular structure of who we are, that's when it really counts. And so that is mm. why the, the virtue of Black theater uh, is that we want it to really count and we want our people to be touched at the molecular level. And those who come who are not our people, we want them to have an honest assessment of Black life and Black culture that they can take away and have a better and more positive feeling about. So is there anything wrong with just uh, loving yourself, loving yourself without the stigmatization or the addition of hating someone that's not ourselves? I mean, like my mama didn't raise me to hate white folks. And my mama didn't raise me to despise or have anything against people separate from me, but she raised me to love me, to love black people first, because that's what I am. So to love the core of who I am. Michael, but that's why you were well-raised because the promotion of loving yourself is where it is at. Your humanity, you lead with your humanity, Michael Keith Collier, everywhere you've, <laughs> ever, everywhere you've ever gone. I've known you for 35 years. Michael, you have absolutely led with your humanity. And so whether that humanity is in, in the midst of a crowd of black people, non-black people, Latino people, Asian people, it doesn't make a difference. When you lead with your humanity, that's the universality of what life is really about. Then you bring the specificity and the particularization of black life and black culture, and then it makes your presence even more dimensional. So, yes, mm. absolutely. That's why you are the king of love, because you spread love <laughs> instead of spreading lies. 
Oh, I love you, brother. We, we're down to like our last five minutes. What would you like to say? Or what would you like to bring to the people about theater and what it is you're doing with it? Michael, I'm offended to the soul that we only have five minutes left. Let me state that <laughs> <I love laughs> right from the outset. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that this we should have extended time. There's overtime in every sport. Why don't we have an opportunity <laughs> to do some post-show discussion that allows for <laughs> overtime? Let me get back to your question. I digress. Michael, I think Black theater and the work that we're doing at the Ebony Repertory Theater is vitally important for our people, our community, our neighborhoods. Because to come into that theater chamber and to see yourself as whole, to see yourself as dimensional, really, again, functions as a bomb. It is important that we support Black institutions wherever we find them, because if we don't, they will soon be gone. We know that gentrification is happening all over this company, that Black communities are being eviscerated at every turn, that there is a trampling upon Black culture and Black celebration. So we need to collectively come together as an accumulated entity, like a fist, not as a divided, balkanized reality, but as an accumulated entity that seeks to preserve the best of Black life. That's why Black theater and other Black institutions are vitally important. Mm, tell me what's the running date. What's the running date for the, for the new play for uh, Ain't Misbehaving? We are approaching May 13th, which will be Saturday through May 28th. Okay. We play Thursday through Sunday. Uh, again, May 13th through May 28th, Thursday at 8, Friday at 8, Saturday at 8, Sunday at 3. Ain't Misbehaving, the music of Thomas Fats Waller and the spirit of the Harlem Renaissance. Hey, wait, who did that first? Uh, Ken Page, Andre DeShields, Armelia McQueen, Nell Carter, and Charlene Woodard. And Nell Carter and Charlene Woodard. Oh, my God. I'm calling Charlene today. Oh, my God. She I just love my life. the best. She is the absolute best. No, you're absolutely the best. It's a plum, pleasing pleasure to have you on my show. I I just love listening to you speak, brother. I don't give a damn what you talk about. It always is like music to me. And you are just a great man, a great artist. And you've been, over these 38 years, a great friend. I really, truly love you and appreciate you, sir. Michael, no more than I love and appreciate you. I really love you. I deeply appreciate you. And whenever I'm with you or in thought of you, I'm made better. And I thank you for that. Oh, oh man. Blessings to you. Tell people how they can find you. I'm Ren Troy Brown, and I'm at 4718 West Washington Boulevard. That's the Ebony Repertory Theater at the Nate Holden Performing Arts Center, 323-964-9768. I am unfortunately not, you know, on social media in a big way, but if you want to reach out, I am on Facebook, and I have an AOL address, which I'd like to share with people because it proves to them that I'm over 50. <laughs> Ren Troy Brown. I also have AOL, Comic King, 123 at AOL.com. I'm your boy, Michael Cowley. You know, I do three of these shows new every week. We're going to do that for 50 weeks. I'm going to take a one week break and do that again. 50 weeks. I'm going to do that for 150 weeks. So y'all better ride with me. You better put on your seatbelt because we bouts to go. You can also catch me five days a week on my morning show, uh, the Michael Kai morning show on YouTube. I've only done 607 shows. I understand if you haven't heard about it. So jump on quick before the people find out. This is a plum, fun, joyful, awesome, brilliant opportunity to just hang out with great people because I talks 
to everybody. And today, I talked to the wonderful Ren Troy Brown from the Ebony Repertory Theater in Los Angeles, and God is great. I will see y'all later. Remember, life is a garden if you dig it, and uh, just keep God first, and you're going to be all right as soon as the swelling go down. See ya! I had a good time today. I hope y'all did too, man. Thank y'all for checking us out here at Michael Talks to Everybody. Hey, you can follow me, man. I'm easy to follow. I'm on Instagram, just under at Michael Kaya. I'm on TikTok. That's Michael Kaya 135. I have a very sexy webpage called TheRealMichaelKaya.com. You know, you go over there, you can find out about my merchandise and what I'm doing and where all my shows are. Everything is right there. Or if you really love me, you can go to my cash app. That's dollar sign, Michael Kaya's money. I'm playing with y'all, but I accept green stamp, food stamp, Canadian money. I'll take your bus transfer if you got some time left on it. And my morning show, oh my goodness, the Michael Kaya morning show. That's 7 a.m. Pacific time, yo, five days a week. This has been a Raylock Group production. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Angela Yee, host of Angela Yee's Lip Service. If you listen to my podcast, you know I love making space for women to be themselves. That's why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of the women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more. And listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.